It may look like an ordinary podcast, but this one's bigger on the inside. And it can travel anywhere in time and space. your sonic screwdrivers and your jelly babies grab your hats scarves and tighten your bow ties you're the companion now so get ready to run with your hosts jason hunt and paul gann this is talking time lords everybody and welcome back to another fantastic episode of Talking Time Lords. This is episode number 91, Power of Love. I'm as always one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, my podcasting companion through time and space, we are plutonically in love, folks, <laughs> Paul Gann. Yasmin, we've got to get you back to the future. <laughs> We're going to need more power than 1.28 gigawatts, though. 1.21. Get it right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 1.21 gigawatts. I was close. I overcalculated oh. for safety. Although, that may not have been safe. That's more explosive. Right. <laughs> Quite hair-raising. Just a bit. Although, I don't think Doc Brown needed help in that department. How's it going, Paul? <laughs> better than i deserve well that's the third episode this series you've given us that answer although it still has been one of those weeks uh, so. well. <laughs> folks i hope you're starting a talking time lords drinking game whenever paul says better than i deserve or it's been one of those weeks take a drink <laughs> i have to change it now <laughs> exactly anyway <laughs> oh dear oh man well <laughs> before we get into our episode there is one little bit of confirmation news that i saw this week that the special for the end of this season is in fact going to be a new year's special we'll get you more details later but we're not getting a christmas special we're getting a new year's special folks so you're just gonna have to wait one extra week but we'll give you the exact details as we move along this series there is another thing. What? It's not actually announced in any official Doctor Who literature or anything online as far as the official Doctor Who goes. However, it is listed in some of the official uh, documentation of some of the future projects that they will be working on in Cardiff. And it looks like, unless something changes, that we'll be getting a new version of the Doctor Who experience in Cardiff once again. Not necessarily the same name, but something along the same lines. Very good. Yes. Maybe one of these days we'll be able to get to whatever the new Doctor Experience <laughs> is called in Cardiff. That would be amazing. It would. It would. <laughs> so 
Uh, we'll give you an update uh, next episode on the New Year's special. Hopefully there'll be a little bit more information out in the coming week about it. And, of course, keep your eyes peeled for anything involving the uh, aforementioned Doctor Who experience. Mm-hmm. So, there it is. Brief news. Your little blurb. Let's head over to the episode we are talking about this week, Demons of the Punjab. Demons of the Punjab was originally first released on November 11th, 2018. It was written by Vinay Patel, directed by Jamie Childs, and of course was episode 6 of series 11 of Doctor Who. First thing of note, no Chris Chibnall in the writer's spot. Yes, I noticed that. Uh, Which was the first episode since Rosa to not have Chris Chibnall in the writer's spot. Although he was a co-writer, right? Yes. I noticed somebody being snarky this week on Facebook, by the way. Somebody said, uh, and I'm not going to go into details as to where this came from, but somebody said, oh, this episode was so much better than the last couple of episodes. It looks like the problem we have is Chris Chibnall's writing. And I'm thinking, oh, that's kind of mean, you know? (laughs) Not just a little bit. He's also responsible for the first two episodes of the series, so let's not forget that. (laughs) The synopsis for Demons of the Punjab is as follows. With Yaz desperate to learn more about the life of her grandmother, the 13th Doctor brings her friends to the Punjab in 1947 to meet her in the past. But with a marriage unknown to Yaz on the cards and the partition of India threatening to pull her family apart, it may not be the mysterious demons that are the biggest threat. So, Paul, before we get into the nitty-gritty, your spoiler-free thoughts on Demons of the Punjab. I actually kind of really enjoyed this story. This was kind of, for me, a returning to Doctor Who's roots. Okay. You know, similar in in fashion to what we had with Rosa, but it felt more like a first Doctor episode along the lines of, say... The Aztecs? The Aztecs. That's exactly what I was going to say. The Aztecs. So, yeah, um, I was kind of... I was I was happy that we were getting something along these lines because it felt like a return to almost like the first Doctor's run. Okay. To a certain extent. Yeah. Because we haven't had as many actual historically based episodes in some of the more recent series. And we've gotten two of them this season, which is almost unheard of, which I'm loving. I've wanted historical episodes for a long time. Well, I don't want just historical episodes, but yeah, it's right. very, very nice to have some of them so close together. You know, Right. Not years and years apart. <laughs> and it's kind of nice to have it directly, this time, tied into one of the companions. Yes. Sort of like we had with Rose. Yes. With yeah, her with, father. With Father's Day, right? Yes. I did see those comparisons going out online. That this was Yaz's Father's Day. Although it is a very different animal. Right. It is a very different animal. I really enjoyed this episode, too. There's one thing that really irks me about this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Not in a way that's detrimental to my enjoyment, but I will get into that when we uh, hit our spoilery discussion. (laughs) Uh, But there is definitely a lot of of callbacks um, in the way this episode is set up to things like Father's Day, to things like the Aztecs from the first Doctor, mm-hmm. which I really enjoy. 
Um, at least, you know, large portions of the Aztecs. There's some of the, the subplots I, I could skip around a little bit, but the main thrust of the Aztecs I really enjoy. And the whole idea of not messing with time, right. uh, when you go back to, to actual history and your own past is, is always one of those things that puts me a little on edge in a right. exciting sort of way because everyone means so well. And they want things to go so well for their relatives and right. people that they know. But sometimes what causes things to happen in the future is the tragedies that shaped them in the past. Mm-hmm. And and if you change those things, if you adjust those things, you write yourself out of history sometimes <laughs> if you're not careful. I mean, just look at Barney McFly. He almost did that to himself. <laughs> we needed a photograph in this episode <laughs> where people's heads started disappearing and stuff. <laughs> right? When that Yaz starts going see-through. Maybe not quite that dramatic. <laughs> or cheesy. I loved it, though. But yes, there, there was a little bit of a Back to the Future uh, sort of thing, including the fact that they essentially call it out in the episode. You know, you don't want to back to the future yourself. <laughs> I think that's all I've got for the spoiler-free discussion. You ready to jump into the nitty-gritty? Why not? Q River. Spoilers. The song has spoken. So let us dive into spoilers. Um, (laughs) I want to start with my one beef, my one major beef with this episode, (laughs) because uh, I want to get that out of the way. I love the new aliens, the demons, the Mm -hmm. Thanagarians. Mm -hmm. They were fantastic villains until they weren't. They kind of had spider-like faces, by the way. Did you notice oh, that? Yeah, no, they are, they're insectoid in a way, uh, in their, the, the way their faces are. They were creepy as all mm-hmm. get out. Their, their, uh, transmat <laughs> use was really well done. The fact that they could just zip in and out of areas. And it was almost, you're almost questioning if it was actually, you know, technology or if it was, some sort of mystical power they had. Mm-hmm. They were threatening the fact that, you know, we're, we're getting, these these vision flashes of the doctor and they're right. you know they're giving her a migraine by telepathically communicating with her when they first meet they were awesome as villains i was like oh my gosh i hope we see these characters again i want them to be the new ongoing villain the new weeping angels the new weeping angels the new <laughs> silence that you know that we we get added to the lexicon right. of doctor who the fact that they were these you know old species that were turned into uh, assassins and they they had this you know almost cult like appearance and and a mythological shroud around them was fascinating to me and then you know I, I'm not necessarily disappointed with what they ended up doing with them but because I, I thought it worked and and I and I appreciated what they ended up doing but I was a bit disappointed that they turned out to not be villains and that they weren't going to come back in in the way that I wanted them to. I, well, what do you think about that? Honestly, um, this is probably my only major issue that I had with the episode, um, is that I almost kind of wanted the story to not have them in it. <laughs> and here's what I mean, because there were a few First Doctor episodes 
that had no cosmic presence other right. than the Doctor and the TARDIS. Right. The, and I the kind Aztecs, of, for instance. I wanted, honestly kind of wanted this to be one of those episodes that had a very terrestrial threat. And we didn't even get that with Rosa, you know. Right. We, we had uh, outside interference with that. And so in my mind, I was thinking this would be really cool if this was just one of those types of episodes like the Aztecs that had no cosmic presence outside of the doctor herself. Right. And as much as I liked the non villains that we got in this, I kind of almost didn't want them. If that makes sense. Uh, Story wise, you know, it does. It does, you know, because, and then I think in one sense, I would agree with you on that because I felt like they were being used so perfectly as villains mm-hmm. up until halfway through the episode when the doctor finds out what they're really there doing. Right. And all of a sudden we're supposed to just go, oh, they're actually the good guys, even though they were being extremely threatening and really freaky uh, up until that point. And on top of that, the way that they actually ended up being used before the end of the episode felt a lot like the last Christmas special that we got. Mm, yes. Twice Upon a Time. Yeah. And, and and that's kind of something that we've seen on more than just those two occasions of a watcher, you know, a watcher, right. a watcher. And how many watchers can there be out there that the doctor is going to interact with? You see what I'm saying? Not trying uh, to be all negative and stuff. It's just I'm making that point, you know, mm-hmm. because it's, it felt like that to me that if they were going to have them in there, that there could have been a little bit better use of them. Right. But this isn't the first time this season we've got this sort of scenario where the person or the thing that we're led to believe is the villain initially isn't really the villain. And we kind of got that with the spiders. In right. a sense, they tried to do that with the Pating last episode, you know. Right. I think one of the <laughs> the only really true villains that I'm thinking of... <laughs> the dinosaur from Deep Breath. <laughs> yeah, yes. The T-Rex from, from Capaldi's first episode. <laughs> I'm just saying. Touche, <laughs> sir. Essentially, the only true villains that we've seen this year was Tim Shaw and uh, Crasco. Right. We've had two in six right. episodes. Everybody and else th- is misunderstood. Right. <laughs> Which I'm starting to get, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting theme. But I'm wondering how long they can keep stretching that out. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to wonder if this new doctor is either just really jumping to conclusions about people before examining the situation or if she's naive. Now that you bring it up, though, we actually did have a villain in this episode. Right, right. Manish, the younger brother. Yes. Now, the the demons of the Punjab don't necessarily refer to the... uh, to the Thanagerians. Yes, that's kind of what I was going to bring up. I think that title has a double meaning. I think it's of course it does. very similar to the title of The Walking Dead. And The Walking Dead, the title is actually referring to the living in the story, not The Walking Dead themselves. Of course, you know. This is not the first time a Doctor Who episode title has had a double meaning or a hidden meaning, and it won't be the last. I guess we should talk about why Manish is the villain here, this episode takes place during Partition. And for those of you who don't know, Partition is when 
A portion of India was separated in order to essentially shove as many of the Muslims out of India and into Pakistan, the new country, as possible. Right. And it was a very bloody, violent period in India's history. Gandhi was active during this time period. It's a completely different form of segregation. Oh, yeah. And for a completely separate reason. I mean, it has absolutely nothing to do with race and everything to do with religion. Exactly. It's it's the separation of the Muslims and the Hindus. Uh, wow. I mean, yeah. And, and it's like they said in the episode, he says they're forcing us to focus so much on the things that make us different that they have completely destroyed everyone's vision of everything that makes us the same. Right. Because there were so many more things that made them the same and only that one thing that made them different. Right. And and what is the difference here is that Prem and his brother Manish are Hindu. Umbreen and her mother are Muslim. And Prem and Umbreen are, are set to be married. Right. And so we've got a mixing of the religions here in marriage during the time when these religions are being forced apart at the spot of land where they are being forced apart. You might actually have more layers in this one episode than you've had in just about every other episode we've got in this series. Because you've got the new reference to segregation that you had in, in Rosa. Right. You have the, the almost Nazi feel to the, the scenario that you have with his brother and, and his gang. Right. You, you have a, a very Romeo and Juliet type scenario with their relationship. You know, um, you have the whole mm -hmm. non-funny back to the future thing going on with Yasmin. And then on top of all of this, <laughs> you have the aliens mixed in <laughs> just for good measure. And it's like you have all these layers of this onion that you can peel back and look at each different part as it becomes a whole, you know, it's right. very, very interesting in the way that this story kind of unravels. Yeah. And the Thanagerians are used really as sort of a red herring. Right. To sort of distract us from what Manish is, is doing. And Manish right. is getting more extreme and more unhinged as the episode goes on. When we are first introduced to him, he's got this very happy face, very boyish quality to him. Mm-hmm. By the end of the episode, he's got, you know, he, he's almost in a military uniform. He's armed with his brother's rifle, and he's got right. this crazed look in his eye that that is, you know, ultimately ends up with his brother's death. He was basically indoctrinated the same way that the young Nazis were back in Germany. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I mean, they, they were conditioned to believe everything that Hitler threw at them, you know, and this was the same scenario. He had somehow been conditioned to believe that what he was uh, believing in was good, even though everybody outside of him could, could look at it and see that it wasn't. Right. Which is basically, you know, almost every villain, uh, at least every villain that's interesting, believes they're doing good in some way. You know, even right. Darth Vader believed he was doing good in his bad actions to some extent. But I think we should probably hit on what jumpstarts this whole episode to begin with during uh, a celebration for grandma Umbreen's birthday or, or nanny as mm -hmm. uh, Yasmin calls her nanny Umbreen gives gifts to her granddaughters instead of receiving them and uh, gives Yasmin this watch that's broken. But the, the uh, face is, is, 
is kind of shattered. Mm-hmm. And of course, it doesn't work anymore, but it's very special to her. <laughs> and so, of course, uh, Yasmin asks about it, why it's so special. And Nanny Umbreen avoids the subject and says that she doesn't want to uh, discuss that at this time. And so Yasmin, being the curious investigator that she wants to be, says, I need to know. Doctor, take me back right. to my, my grandmother's past so I can find out what the deal with this watch is. Right. Yeah. And so the doctor, of course, hems and haws a little bit, <laughs> but then eventually sticks the watch on the, you know, TARDIS's telepathic circuit, um, <laughs> which isn't exactly telepathic, but it operates with a level of technological advancement that would, you know, you wouldn't be able to understand in a million years. Because you can't just keep it with the telepathic circuit the way that it's always been. You know, you have to embellish on it a little bit, right? Right. Well, this because Graham questions it. <laughs> so. I love, I love the way that Graham basically says, hey, that's all I do is stick around here so that I can be criticized, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So they get back in time. They run across Prem as he's driving his ox cart to Umbreen's house to prepare for their wedding the next day. They actually pass Sadhu, the uh, the Hindu holy man, who is going to wed them on the road. But he prefers walking because all you young people are in such a hurry these days. He's like, what's wrong with your feet? Do your feet not work? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. <laughs> and, of course, this is when we, we find out that, you know, Yaz meets her grandmother, finds out that she's going to be marrying Prem, which is not her grandfather's name. And right. so she's like, what's going on? Did she have a secret marriage that she didn't tell anybody about? Oh. And he's a Hindu. And, you know, what's going on? <laughs> this, you know, and she, of course, starts questioning everything. And ultimately, later in the episode, as things progress, she begins to question the validity of everything her nanny has ever told her. You know, is she even the person I know? And she really starts questioning and has to have a little heart-to-heart with Graham to bring her back down to Earth. I do want to spend a little bit of time on this discussion between Graham and Yaz because she's questioning everything, all the motives of, of her nanny, questioning if she's, you know, been told the truth, right. if the person that she knows is a lie. And... You know, Graham says, look, you know, maybe she had some things happen in the past that she just doesn't want to tell you yet. But she's still your nan. He has become the wise man in this series. Yes. Um, Uh, Okay. Can I real quick? Can I interject? Sure. (laughs) I'm going to jump in here for a second. This TARDIS crew is kind of like we're mixing up the roles of the first Doctor's TARDIS crew a little bit. Yaz is kind of the more precocious more capable Susan. You've got <laughs> Ryan, who is the shyer, less capable Ian. You've got Graham in the doctor role, being the, the older, kind of wise guy. And then what we have in the doctor is if Barbara was the doctor. <laughs> I don't know. The doctor is a little bit more manic than Barbara was. <laughs> well, yes, but Barbara was, you know definitely of her time but you know just a little bit that, that, that's kind of where my brain went but sorry I, I interrupted you on the discussion of the, how Graham was becoming the wise man go ahead he is though he it, it's just about every episode now he's the one that that comes forward and says maybe you're looking at this the wrong way 
maybe if you shift your focus a little bit, you'll realize that this is not what you think it is. You know, he's he's becoming that uh, that 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 sage to a certain extent. And I, I didn't get that vibe from him when the show first started this series. Uh, it, it's almost like this is something that is evolving over the course of the series for him. Well, I think what it is, um, is since he lost Grace, he is trying to not only live out life the way she would have wanted him to, but he's also realizing that he has a lot to offer in terms of just experience and things that he's picked up over mm-hmm. the years. And the two other companions, or friends as they're now calling them, are young. You got Yasmin and Ryan who are basically, you know, just out of the teen years, if not, you know, 19. And he's in his 50s. So he's starting to, you know, impart a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of knowledge from just experience. The nice thing is, is that the two of them, with everything that they're experiencing and the traveling that they've been doing, are in a frame of mind to receive that kind of advice. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he has become a bit of a wise man and not just a wisecracker. He can do that too. Uh, Yes, he can. (laughs) Which, of course, keeps things interesting between him and the doc. As he calls her. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the doctors told him to stop calling her that. But it's like Seven telling Ace, quit calling me the professor. Right. And she goes, sure thing, professor. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, he has become a very wise person. And I think it is largely because of just experience. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm enjoying his character, though, in this series yeah. so far. He, he's probably my favorite companion at the moment. I would agree with that. He's growing on me <laughs> like a fungus. <laughs> no. I kid, I kid. <laughs> Although I will say Yaz definitely handled the whole walking amongst your own history a lot better than Rose did. Yeah. <laughs> she she kind of lets a few things begin to slip but catches herself and she wants to interfere but doesn't and i think part of that is because the doctor is being very watchful over her (laughs) i thought it was kind of funny though where she tells the doctor we have demons in the punjab and you're worried about me gobbing (laughs) (laughs) because the doctor's like one bad word at the wrong time and you could whisk yourself out of existence you know (laughs) exactly of course you know in spite of the demons on the punjab and the distinct displeasure the growing displeasure of the impending nuptials by Manish, Prem, and Umbreen continue to push for their wedding, even though the holy man has been found dead. We later find out that Manish is behind that, not the Thanagerians. And, of course, the doctor has to officiate the wedding, because the doctor is a, is a uh, respectable position, so she can officiate. But we do get a nice little wedding. It's a wonderful little ceremony, and they they end up mixing some traditional Hindu and Muslim wedding traditions, right? which was very nicely done, very tastefully done by the two getting married. Of course, Manish doesn't approve, and Umbreen's mother is barely keeping her mouth shut about it, but... She's extremely superstitious. Oh, yes, you know, and believes the wedding is cursed because of all the tumultuous things going on. Most of which are being caused by Manish. Right, and of course, <laughs> what, what Prem does... Um, after the ceremony is over and they're celebrating the wedding, is he goes to give her his watch, which is, you know, something that's very important to him. And as he's handing it over to Umbreen, they're looking into each other's eyes while he's handing it over and they drop it. And it lands on its face. The face cracks. The watch stops. It's broken now. And of course, Umbreen's mother's like, ah, I told you, cursed. And Umbreen goes, no, no, no. This is our moment in time. 
and she will treasure it always. It's literally frozen in the face of that watch. Yeah. The thing about it is because we've already been told by the doctor what's about to happen, this entire ceremony is so sad to watch as a viewer because you know what's about to happen. And you're sitting here and you're going, but you need to change this. You need to make this okay. You know, and it's the same kind of scenario that we had with Rosa where they literally knew that if they touched anything or did anything to change any of this, it would skew everything. Right. And they had no other recourse but to just walk away. And so when they're walking away and you hear the blast of that gun, you literally see the doctor's body language as she tenses up when that gun goes off because she didn't want that to happen. No, no. They don't, yeah. they don't see it. They don't witness Prem getting killed either. They've turned away mm-hmm. at that time, and the only ones watching are the demons of the Punjab. Yeah. Both extraterrestrial and terrestrial. Yeah. And Prem basically says, I have to go face my demons. Yep. Yeah, I mean... And during the ceremony itself, the doctor is trying to put on a very happy face, you know, to celebrate everything, and she's doing a very good job officiating the wedding, but Yaz is barely holding it together. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we, we've we been told by the Thanagerians that they are here to witness the death of Prem. You get the impression that, that Yaz almost wants Prem to be her grandfather. Right. You know. Right, after getting to know him. But knowing she can't have that, because if that happens, then her entire family line changes. <laughs> There's a buddy of mine that has this belief that even if, say, for example, he married a different woman, that his kids are still destined to be here. So they might have different faces, but they would have the same soul. Um, I don't know that I share that belief, but he has that belief, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if that belief were true, which we can't ever prove that it would be, you know, you could technically say that Yaz still was born, but maybe had a different face or whatever, but she still would not be where she is. She could not have gone back in time because she would have never met the doctor, because she would have never been in Sheffield, because she would have never left Pakistan. So even if she had been born, things still would not have ended up the same She way. wouldn't be the same person. Right. She might have the same soul, but she wouldn't be the same person. And she wouldn't have been able to be there for Ryan, right. which would have dramatically changed some of the trajectory that he is on right now. So, <laughs> you know... The, 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 the woman who fell to Earth would definitely not have been the same story. No. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Oh, but yeah here's another crazy thing though that I didn't notice the first time I watched it but very closely did the next time I watched it when they find the holy man dead Mm -hmm. they don't look for any wounds Mm. he's probably been shot in the back yeah there's no physical damage in the area that you can see had they flipped him over they would have probably seen that he had been shot in the back that being said it was very presumptuous of them to automatically assume <laughs> that those aliens were to blame. Yeah. Well, I mean, not necessarily. He could have hit him with a, you know, a stick or something. Well, they said he shot him with his brother's gun. Oh, they did. No, you're right. Yes, he shot him with his brother's gun. And here's the thing: you think about that. He shot him with his brother's gun. Yeah. Not his gun. His brother's gun. Right. Who are they going to think shot him? Right. His brother, Prem. Which probably is the reason why his brother ended up dead at the end of it. 
Oh. Yeah. Manish did not think things through that much. Or did he? I mean, I don't <laughs> think he wanted his brother dead. I think he just wanted Umbreen out of his brother's life. But who are they going to think killed the holy man if he was killed with his gun? Well, I mean, there were conveniently demons in the Punjab that could blame it on. <laughs> who, ha- who were seen near the body. Yes, you know, I know, I know. But um, <laughs> but Manish could have explained things before the mob even got there, you know. Oh, he explained a lot. <laughs> he explained a lot, you know. It's not what he, uh, not what he should yeah, have. He drew them straight to them. Yeah. I don't get people that have that kind of mindset. No. I really don't. It, it you know? does not make sense to me. It just doesn't make sense to me. You know, it it happened. I know mm-hmm. this happened, you know. And it seems like such a long time ago, but it's less than 80 years. Yeah. You know? It's actually in the same time frame as Rosa. Yeah. Uh, it's probably about six, seven years before we visited Rosa. Right. So it's 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 not... It's not that it's not nearly as, as long ago as people think it is. No, and see that's that's another thing too, you know, especially in today's society, we have a tendency to have a disconnect and say, well, that stuff happened so long ago that it's no longer relevant. But the people that were involved in that, a lot of them are still alive. Yeah, and a lot of them still remember that stuff, and that's the reason why people of younger generations have that still in their mindset is because they have been talked to about these situations by the people that are still alive. So these events are a lot more relevant than people realize they are because they are not as far back as we assume they are when you start really looking at how many how many years it's been. Right. And right. so that that's that's something that, you know, a lot of people will be like, well, that's not relevant today because people don't do that anymore or whatever. Well it's still relevant today. No, there and and in India today there's no love lost between the Muslims and the Hindu to this day they they tend to not necessarily go on all-out wars with each other but there is definite animosity and the occasional violence that still stirs up between those communities in India and especially on the board you know the border region with Pakistan um, that th- this is not a solved issue in that part of the world we have moved a lot farther along in the healing process with what we saw in Rosa in the United States as a country than India, Pakistan have in terms of the in comparison. In compare, yes, in comparison yes. to India and Pakistan with the division between the Hindus and the Muslims, this is still an issue. It's not talked about, but the you know the effects of it are still felt, and the animosity is still there um, in many many areas. It's not it's not a pleasant pleasant thing crazy yeah no this is less than 100 years ago this episode takes place less than 100 years and mm-hmm. and we still have echoes of the partition mm-hmm. reverberating in that part of the world today it's not a pretty thing and that's part of why the thanagerians are there because as an ancient race that and this is their explanation to the doctor when they right. reveal that they are not there to assassinate people since they are an ancient race and since they did devote so much of their time as a species to the art of assassination ultimately their planet was destroyed by you know people wanting repercussions against them (laughs) um you know i mean 
Karma's uh, not a friendly lady. <laughs> you know what would really be interesting? I just had this thought. Hmm. If we got to see a future episode in a future series with a different doctor in which we find out that the doctor was indirectly involved in the events that destroyed their race. Oh, jeepers. Yeah. That would, <laughs> that would be nuts. Um, not yeah. unheard of, but nuts. It would be one of those uh, out-of-order told stories that we've gotten in the past, you know. Right. Kind of like uh, uh, the, the Martian Queen, you know, how... Capaldi's doctor basically saw the reemergence of the Martians before the third doctor ran into them. Right. Uh, the second doctor. <laughs> second doctor ran into the Martians first. Yes. My bad. But no, I get your point. Because they returned to find their planet destroyed, that changed their whole mindset. So now they travel the universe to bear witness to the deaths of those who die unseen or uncared for. <laughs> yeah. Which is why they were there when the holy man died because he was killed unseen and they were there to bear witness to Prem's death because he was killed uncared for. There is that belief that no man deserves to die alone. Exactly. Not everybody vocalizes that, but it is kind of a widespread belief. No man deserves to die alone. And so it is kind of interesting that they would kind of make that their, their uh, mission mm -hmm. now to do that. Um, I just, I almost wish that they had used that for a different story, if that makes sense. Yeah. I like the idea of having these people that go around and, and witness these kinds of things. I like that. I think that's a cool thing. I'm just a little miffed that it had to be the Thanagerians because they were being used so effectively as this creepy new villain. And I thought they had a fantastic look and I really wanted them to be a returning threat for the doctor. Right. You know, and that, that's my, I keep coming back to that as my gripe for this episode. I don't really have much else to complain about with this episode. Um, it's just uh, a, a road not traveled, so to speak, with these characters. I'll tell you this much, though. The way that they played these things in this episode, especially at the end, where you see them basically, you know, the image of Prem comes up in that pedestal mm -hmm. and then his, the, the image of his face floats up into the other images of the other faces it almost smacks of them being the predecessors to the watchers that we got in twice upon a time mm. it, it, yeah even the 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 way that everything interfaces together with the, you know them having the images of the different people in those glass globes and all that all of that's the same I mean, it's it's really it's almost like they could have just interchanged those two things and made them the same thing. I mean, it's it's entirely possible that since these are one of the ancient races, so to speak, that eventually they're all going to have to die out. Right. And someone in the future then decides to pick up where they left off the the mission where they left off, and that's why we get the testimony. Um, and so that's why they call themselves the testimony. And, and they, the testimony could, in fact, be a spiritual successor, in a sense, to maybe even a, a, an actual successor right. to what the, the Thanagerians are doing here. Not something I had picked up on until you mentioned it, but that, that helps me a little bit with my disappointment. <laughs> and, of course, we, we end the episode back in Sheffield, back at Yaz's place, 
where she's talking again with her nanny about the watch. And she says, you know, well, I, I guess I could tell you about it now. And Yaz says, no, I'm okay. I don't need to know now. Maybe some other time. I have a theory. I think I know where your theory is going. <laughs> My theory is that her grandmother has figured it out by the time that Yasmin gets old enough to be recognizable as the person she met when she was young. And that's why she gave her the watch. I believe that's why she gave her the watch to begin with. Because she knew. Well, Yasmin's nanny is clever. Yeah. She's no slouch. She's pretty smart. And if you go back and watch, I, I noticed it the second time. I didn't notice it the first time. If you go back and watch when they're having that final conversation and when Yasmin looks away just slightly, her grandmother looks down with this knowing smile on her face as if she remembers what happened and knows what happened. And then when she looks back at Yasmin, she acts like she has absolutely no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting theory. I like the theory. Uh, we'll have to see if it plays out. I, I hope I hope Nanny Umbreen shows up again because I like her. That would be fun. Yeah. Honestly, I think it would be fun to see her come face to face with the doctor again. Yeah. Because then we would know for sure. Did she remember or did she not remember? Right. I mean, you know, let's let's be honest. She's in her nineties at this point. It's possible that she didn't remember, yep. but it's. It's less likely that she forgot. She's still you know pretty I mean? sharp. You know, the, the, the couple of the very you know, yeah. brief scenes we get with her, she's no slouch. She's still got her wits about her. It's, it's less likely that she forgot. Yeah. You know, especially if she's um, still so emotionally attached to that moment in time with the watch. You know, I, I doubt she's forgotten. And, you know, you kind of at least I did. I kind of got the impression when she was talking about how Sheffield was a little less glamorous than she thought it was going to be <laughs> that I kind of got the impression that for her, it was almost like picking back up on that initial conversation about Sheffield that they had had way back when they started that conversation. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice little tie in there. <laughs> I like your theory. This is one I will I will jump on board with, Paul. I I have questioned some of your theories in the past before, but this is one that I will fully buy into. <laughs> I do have an interesting mind. I <laughs> and, and this is exactly where I thought your theory was going to go. <laughs> I like this one, and I I, I kind of hope we see Nanny Umbreen again, and I hope we get some sort of conversation about. Oh, of course, I knew. What are you talking about? You know, you're wearing the same clothes, for goodness sake. Yeah, the same clothes you were wearing the day we first met. Right. I gave you the I gave you the watch because you were wearing the same clothes that you were wearing when you showed up in Pakistan. <laughs> oh, dear. Plus, plus you oh, had... The, of course, you could never then, let her... You could never let her on the TARDIS, though, because she would try to go back right. and change things. Right. You know. And plus, she had the, the henna... From the wedding still on her hands. That she drew. I know. <laughs> and then she made fun of the design. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Horrible design. <laughs> Nanny has to know. She has to know. When she said that, when she said, that's a horrible design, I, I knew right then I was like, she's making fun of her own work. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
Oh dear. <laughs> but she pretends not to remember the entire time. Oh yeah, of course not. We also get a nice little uh, another sort of thread that's been picked up this season is when the doctor gets to get all sciency and make stuff. <laughs> she essentially creates a demon repellent out of oil, tree bark, nine saucepans, oxpit, a biscuit, and a chicken poop. Why do you want a biscuit? Because I like biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> that last part was to have some tea. Right. <laughs> what did you think about the fact that they brought transmats back into the picture? I know you're happy about that. Because <laughs> we haven't seen it since the classic series. Right. Well, uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't think we have. I'm trying to remember if we saw transmats. We've seen teleports, but that's right. not exactly the same technology. Not exactly. I'm trying to think if we've seen transmats back with Tennant or Eccleston. I don't recall seeing them. Let's put it that right. way. Right. Well, I mean, it is it is uh, interesting. And transmat seems to be an older sort of technology than the, than the teleport technology. It just based off of who was using it when during the classic series and that sort of thing. So I guess it would make sense if this ancient species, such as the Thanagerians, used transmat technology rather than a teleport technology. Maybe. Theoretically speaking, of course. Um, yes, which, which meant that it would keep them in a certain area. Almost like a fence. Right. You, you ran into the, where the <laughs> transmat lock was and it would teleport you to another area. To keep you in the same general vicinity. <laughs> Which is why the doctor kept running up to him going, Ooh, another one! She's like, that's pretty clever. I'm confiscating it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see K-9 back. <laughs> Affirmative, master. Although, uh, he... I don't know why that just popped into my head. I think it's because we were talking about Transmats from the classic series, and that just kind of led me back in that direction. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, but but would K-9 call the Doctor Master or Mistress? Mistress. 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 He's very proper. Yes. K-9 is very proper <laughs> when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, I think that would be fun. Yes. I really want to see him back. Um, let's do final thoughts and ratings for Demons of the Punjab. What should we rate this? Hmm. Biscuits? Watches. Watches. Okay. How yes. many broken watches do you rate Demons of the Punjab? I like this one actually better than the last two. And and I like the last two. Don't get me wrong. But I like this one better. Um, you didn't really I, like the last one that much. <laughs> we had You had issues with, with the Saranga conundrum. I liked the story. I just didn't necessarily like the execution. I'm poking at you. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, but it was better than a case of hot sauce. No. <laughs> Almost everything is better than the claws of Axe sauce. Oh, psychedelic craziness. Although I did like the, the story of the Clause of Exos. <laughs> I just didn't care for the execution. No, execution was uh, <laughs> uh, uh, something else. We'll put it that way. Maybe the only thing worse than that has been the Feast of Stephen, <laughs> oh. which was just a muddled mess. Yeah. And here we go reminiscing about classic <laughs> episodes long past. We're supposed to be rating the new episode, Jason. Where are you going with this? <laughs> Nowhere in particular, apparently. I'm the one that started it, so, you know. <laughs> All right. So, how many broken watches are you going to rate Demons of the Punjab? I'm going to give this one an eight and a half. Very nice. I I also quite like this episode. And, and again, the only real issue I've had 
with it is the the total change in direction that we get with the aliens. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted these to be reoccurring antagonists because they were being used so effectively. They were creepy. They were dangerous. There wasn't, you know, the Doctor was having trouble containing them. And they were old and ancient, perhaps even more ancient than the Doctor herself. You know, uh, maybe older than the Time Lords. Uh, that's old. That's old. You know, and, <laughs> and I really wanted them to be a reoccurring threat, but they they didn't. And I I think we might see them again, but more in their Watcher persona than anything else. Mm-hmm. But it won't be for a while if we do see them again, which I'm a little disappointed in. But I, I ultimately, overall, the episode was very good. I really enjoyed it. There was, you know, lighthearted humor. There was serious uh, drama that was handled very well. I thought the relationship that they explored between Prem and Manish was very well done. And so I'm going to also give this an eight and a half. Yay, we agreed! Yes. <laughs> so I, I, the only the only uh, episode that was better in our estimation was Rosa. <laughs> so far this season. But yeah, I I thought it was very good. I'm excited to see what comes next. Do we know what's coming up? I did not watch the coming next. All I know is the title, which has me kind of amused. Title is called (laughs) Kerblam. (laughs) Kerblooey. Kerblooey. Yes. So, but Kerblam, which I think is the name of a giant shopping center. But I could be mixing up two totally different things, so I'm not sure. <laughs> Do not quote me on that. But yeah, I, I didn't watch the the coming next stuff myself because this series, especially, I kind of wanted to not be spoiled. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I just haven't gotten around to it, and I don't, I don't feel the well, need to I mean, yet. The, the show spoiled itself in the last couple of series a lot of times, and so uh, for me. This series, we've got a lot less spoilers created by the show itself, so I. I really have not even wanted to see the coming soon or the coming next stuff just because I wanted to see it fresh and new. Well, uh, a lot of it is I haven't been able to watch the episodes live most times just because of the way things have worked out with my schedules. And so I end up watching it either, you know, uh, on demand or online or something like that, you know, um, Mm -hmm. later. And when you watch it like that, they don't have the coming next segment that pops up over the credits. Um, They just play the credits. Unless Unless you DVR it. Right, which I don't. Our, our Comcast Xfinity allows you to go back and just you know rewatch the episode. You know you can you know you can do it on demand or whatever whatever they call it. It's on demand. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I have it too. Ah, yes. <laughs> but yeah, so I I don't have to DVR it. I can just go back and watch it, or I can pull it up on my laptop or my phone and watch it that way. This is one of the one or two shows that I do actually DVR because of the fact that uh, I want to see it the night of and. I don't want to have to like wait till the next day or whatever. And so if I get there 15 minutes late or something, I want to just be able to pull it up and go. So, you know, I, I do DVR this, this show, but uh, I still don't wait around to watch the next. Well, you know, if, you, if you're watching it on demand, as soon as the episode ends, you can replay it. So. I'm just, uh, I'm funny that way. I don't know, <laughs> but no, uh, I, I don't want to know until the episode comes on <laughs> what's going to happen next at this point because I like being surprised. All right. Well, we'll see how surprised we are next week. I think it's funny how we keep getting these one-off aliens 
that that look so cool, you know, and have this presence that makes you want to see them over and over and over again. And they give you a one-off story that almost ensures that you're not going to see them again. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and 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 I, I don't know how to feel about that sometimes because sometimes to me they have this opportunity to make this new big bad that has a recurring thing that comes back like the, the Cybermen or uh, the Weeping Angels or the Silence or whatever. And they don't jump on that opportunity to keep that really cool, you know, alien race or whatever coming back. Instead, you get things like the Santarans uh, with the potato heads right. or, you know, you get the uh, Zygons, the Zygons. Um, you know, with their odd, weird, you know, starfish bodies, right. you know, because that's basically what they are is yes. giant starfish, yes. you know, I don't know if some people may have not picked up on that, but, uh, it's kind of hard not to, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think it's kind of funny that we get those as recurring races and some of these others that could be such fan favorites if they just utilize them just completely just go under the radar, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, it, it kills me because there's so much potential in some of these, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's not dwell on the past. Let's look <laughs> towards the future and let's start wrapping up this episode. Uh, folks, please be sure to uh, get in touch with us. Let us know your thoughts on the new season so far. Demons of the Punjab in particular. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Talking Time Lords. You can also find our Facebook group there as well. Uh, our Twitter handle is at Talking Time Lord, or you can email us at TalkingTimeLords at gmail.com. Our home on the interwebs is our website, which is TalkingTimeLords.com, where you can find links to all the social media, as well as links to all of our previously released episodes and the awesome artwork that Paul creates for every episode. So check that out. Oh, and we're on Spotify now. Yes. So. I, that was like, I was like, I was like, there's one other thing I know we needed to, to mention. If you listen to your podcast on Spotify, we're on there now. So find us on Spotify. I'm not sure how that works. I don't use Spotify that much, but I'm sure there are a lot of people that do. So check it out. <laughs> that will wrap up this episode of talking time Lords. This has been episode number 91 power of love where we reviewed Demons of the Punjab. For Paul, I'm Jason. And remember, until next time, may you hope far-flung hopes and dream impossible dreams. Thanks, everybody.
McFly! Hello, McFly! Hello, hello! What are you doing, McFly? <laughs> oh my gosh! I am Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> uh.